I uh, I usually have one in the morning because I feel like they energize you. But oh, I have a glass of water. Oh, um, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, you want me to count you? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. Podcast that. Um, I'm just trying. I, think I, got, I, got, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, hang on a second. Let me just make sure it's in my head right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows we will still be around after Skynet goes self-aware and starts inputting all humans into what we will eventually call the Matrix. Uh, my name is Drew. I'm your host for the evening, and along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Howdy. Um, so we're going to do something a little different this week. Uh, we mentioned we did a kind of a bonus episode and we talked about spoilers and fan theories and stuff. And this week's going to be, uh, again, different. It's going to be kind of a placeholder episode for us just because um, we wanted to make sure we ran into any hiccups like people calling in sick and whatnot. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to talk... Uh, we, we're going to try and work on a top five list in the end, so no guarantees that we get to it. But... We're going to talk tonight about something that's very deep in the world of fandom, um, and that is collecting. Um, as fans, we collect stuff from t-shirts to bottle caps to stickers to action figures to things that hang on our walls to stuff that your spouses or significant others are like, why do you have that? Um, why is that taking up space? Um, and some of us go down that have the collecting gene, and we end up going down the path of, well, I guess you'd call it the dark side, because <laughs> we end up having uh, so much stuff in the house, and um, there's the argument of what's the difference between a collector and a hoarder. So we're going to try and unpack all those thoughts that I just rambled <laughs> yeah. out on the table and see where it goes. Um, so for starters, I know we're going to do a little bit of a back and forth, Peter, but what does collecting mean to you? So... I think when I approach collecting, I, I'm not necessarily one of those like obsessive collectors who like has to have like everything from a certain subject. And I, I think, uh, how do I want to say it? Like I collect things that I think I find like mean something to me. So I think most of the things I have actually have like a story to go along with it. Instead, as opposed to like going to the store and buying everything that's like Star Trek related or insert whatever franchise you want to use just buying everything blindly. I usually try to have like something that actually is special with it or something that means something to me. Um, one of my favorite things to collect, I think is honestly just uh, comic books. Like I love having that reading material cause I know that besides it looking nice on the shelf that I'm going to have like an experience with it later when I actually go through the story and the contents of what I just collected. So I mean, th I guess that's kind of what, collecting means to me is probably just finding things to surround myself with that I find meaningful or memorable. So, um, and I'm going to piggyback on that and yeah. say that's very similar okay. to it for me. My thing is, is that when I collect, I have a collecting problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have what I guess we could call in nerd culture as the collecting gene where I, I start, I'll get into a thing so, like, let's say I get into something that I'm, like, I, I suddenly, like, really like it. I want to learn about it and everything. I have a problem where I need to know everything there is to know about yeah. this thing as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. And I need to have a piece of that said world. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, there are things that I've bought in over the years that I'm, like, I just have to have a piece of that. Um, and sometimes, and that could be anywhere from something really tiny to something really big. Um... And I think it's kind of funny how we land on certain things that we uh, collect. But see, when you look at like things that I collect, I collect comic books. Yeah. I collect movies. If you've been to my house, you've seen my enormous movie collection. <coughs> and not to interrupt, but those are my top two, too, is like comic books and movies. That's Right, like, comic books and yeah. movies. I collect books, like novels. And like I will, aside from me liking one specific author and wanting to read and buy and own everything yeah. that author writes... I, like, look at old stuff, too, where I, if I get my hands on, like, Treasure Island, for example, is one of my all-time favorite novels. If I could get my hand on, like, a really early printing of Treasure Island, I will, and it'll be in my collection. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, I go down these paths where I have to have certain things. Then I go down these paths where, like, I'm a Star Wars fan. 
So you start collecting Star Wars stuff, and that could be anywhere from action figures to I need a lightsaber in my collection that <laughs> yeah. I can hold to, you know, it just it, it goes on and on. And like I said at the top of the episode, what's the difference between a collector and a hoarder? And I'm going to say right now so we can get this out of the way is hoarders collect and it ruins their lives where collectors are organized. <laughs> right. And I would I would um, agree with that. Or collectors are organized and they need everything they got displayed and pristine and looking yeah. good and you look at the shelves and you're like, "Wow, you know, this guy like yeah, he may spend his money on this, but it all looks good and it's all presented and that kind yeah. of stuff." So, and I think that's like there is a fine line and I think it is you did touch on it. I don't think like it has to ruin your life to be a hoarder, but I think once it starts in like impeding on your living space and like you can't even sit on the couch because there's too many action figure well, boxes or something. The, it's, my, go ahead. Oh, I mean, okay, so sci the Sci-Fi Channel used to have this show called uh, Collection Intervention, which basically is where uh, they would go to people's houses who basically became, like, nerdy collectible hoarders, and they kind of showed them that if you actually get rid of some of your collection that doesn't mean a lot to you and keep, like just either the things that have the most personal value or are just worth the most, and you put them on a shelf, like, organized, it actually looks better than when you just have a pile of crap that's all, like, Superman or Star Wars or whatever franchise it is. It actually looks better in an organized way. And I think that's kind of... Once you are out of the realm of it impeding on your daily life and your space to live and breathe once it's like an organized thing i think that's where it's like the fine line between the two um yes and i agree with that um what i think is interesting about it um like okay so i have my i've mentioned my problem with my collecting gene where like okay so for example there is a star wars card game mm -hmm. okay and this is where i guess the hoarding thing becomes a problem because when you uh, the money that we spend on these things. Um, so there's a Star Wars card game that came out in the mid-90s, the Star Wars customizable card game. If you remember this game, it's the old Decipher. Uh, the company Decipher made this. Um, I got super, super addicted to this card game where, like, every dime I spent, like, this was my cardboard drug. <laughs> like, I, uh, everything I spent my money on was, like, this game. If it wasn't something I needed to, like a bill or gas for the car, like, it went into this game. <laughs> yeah. It makes me wonder what I could have bought if I didn't spend the money I did on the game. Yeah. Later, I would end up working for the company, and I would get free product as we went. But at yeah. the same time, <clears throat> the amount of money I spent on the game is enormous. <laughs> and if the game was still going... I know that I'd still be buying. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the game, if you follow it, you know the game is still going now, but not in the capacity that it was. And do I still keep up with it? Absolutely. Do I play as much as I used to? No. But I still keep up with what's going on in the world of that game because mm -hmm. it's something that I've had a passion for and I stayed with it. If I look at the things I've spent money on, whether it be my the movie collection I have in the house, the action figure collection in terms of Star Wars... Um, it's that's one of those things that the amount of money that I've spent on collecting things truly baffles me <laughs> All right. as to what I could have spent. Like, what could my house look like right now if I would have not? No, you know, in hindsight, I, guess right, yeah. I do not regret anything mm -hmm. that I've gotten. Um, my thing with uh, collecting is I always feel like once you start a collection, I have to complete it, and that's a whole nother yeah. problem. Um, and I, I don't want to say this as a negative because I love collecting these things. Like, for example, uh, DC Comics releases the straight-to-DVD animated stuff. Yeah. Since the Batman animated series, I have tried to get my hands on every piece of animated DC thing. I'm missing one season of Superman the Animated Series, which I plan on rectifying, yeah. and I'm missing, like, three of their straight-to-DVD movies, but I have all the rest. And I keep going, oh, there's the next one, and I just pre-order it, and it shows up in yeah. the house. You know what I mean? So, like, I, like the, the collection is enormous, but I, I'm still trying, like, there's still, like, pieces that I'm missing. At so. what point in the... Uh, Good or bad, I want them in my collection. At, I would have to have them. Yeah, but, and like... it's a content thing, at too. At what so. point in their releasing did you start collecting them? 
Well, the Batman animated series I got right away. Right. Uh, because they released that when Superman started, I got right away. But we all know that life happens, priorities change, bills yeah. happen, and you don't have a choice, right? So you buy it when you can. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, hey, this DC movie's releasing, and I just bought it. Mm-hmm. Like, day of. And then it's months later that the next one released, and you just get it right yeah. there. And then what happens is they created this thing called Amazon, where you can <laughs> pre-order things, and they just show up at your house. <laughs> yeah. So here I am going, oh, that one's, you know, and they'll, and somewhere in the <coughs> ethos of the internet, they will mark a, uh, they'll say, hey, we're um, releasing this movie. This is the release date. And yeah. you go right to Amazon, and you click pre-order, and then it just sh- magically shows up at your house. <laughs> I don't know how these things work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so a lot of times... I don't have to hunt them anymore like I used to. I don't have to go up. Oh, it's Tuesday. I got to go to the store. Um, I just mm. think to myself, I it'll just show up when it needs to show up. So. My, I guess like the reason I was asking that is because it does sound like you started collecting it early on enough that it wasn't like you were dropping four hundred bucks at once. Like no, the... no, and it's it's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. So like my movie collection. When I say it's huge. It's huge. You've seen it. Yeah. You know. I know there's listeners of our show that have been to my house and have seen, um, like, and when I say listeners, I'm talking <laughs> friends who do listen to the show, <laughs> yeah. that have been to my house and they know how big my movie collection is. Every time someone sees my movie collection for the first time, they say to you, they look at it and they go, oh, this is alphabetical. Mm, how yeah. long did that take you? And the answer to that question is no time at all. Because let's say the first movie you ever buy yourself is Jurassic Park, hypothetically. And you put it on your shelf. And you're like, ah, I got the movie Jurassic Park and it's on my shelf. The next movie you buy is, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, where does it go on the shelf? Before Jurassic Park because that's alphabetical. And and that's how you start. You just start immediately. So it's uh, it's always an ongoing thing. So like when you have to move to a new apartment or a new house, you box everything up. So the boxes are labeled movies A through F. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. It's funny so, how people don't get, get stuff like that. Like, right. So, like, my movies, is, as, as the amount that I have, they're all alphabetical and they're all... And there's a couple variations. Like, for example, I've collected all of the Marvel films as they've released. The only one I'm missing is Captain Marvel because it hasn't released yet. Yeah. Um. So, like, I'm... Like, I have every one of them and they're all in release order under M for Marvel. Because if I want to watch yeah. them in the chronological storyline, they're in the chronological storyline under M for Marvel mm-hmm. as opposed to Iron Man under the letter I. And <coughs> some people think that's weird, but in my head I'm like, no, because if I want to watch it and they're all separated in the collection yeah. alphabetically, I don't want to have to remember the order to watch them. I've got a couple of things like that on my shelf. Like, I did the same thing with DC. They're all like yeah. together. Like, like I have to uh, – I do alphabetically too with movies, but on my shelf like – I have to put Army of Darkness after Evil Dead 2. Like, if it's... I can't put Army of Darkness with the A's separated from the first two Evil Dead movies because that just doesn't make sense to me. It's like a progression, you know? Same thing with uh, the Wolverine movies. I have to put Logan with those even though it starts with an L. So I'm kind of, like, with you on that, you know? Right, exactly. And my uh, my X-Men movies, for example, are bizarrely in a weird category <laughs> yeah. because I consider... <coughs> I consider Deadpool part of the X-Men franchise, and I consider Wolverine part of the X-Men franchise. So in a really weird chronological storytelling way, they're all together yeah. on the shelf. So Logan is with X-Men, Wolverine's with X-Men, Deadpool's with X-Men. It's all together under the X-Men banner. Yeah. So I, I did that with a couple things, but for the most part, it's all alphabetical. It's all where they need to be. I think it's funny, though. It's really kind of cool on my shelf to see Stargate, Star Trek, Star Wars all right together in a line because yeah. there's nothing that separates them <laughs> when you think about how it all pieces like just oh, nice. yeah. Um is there anything um, is there anything in your collecting habits that you gravitated towards more than anything? Like in the world of my favorite things in the world are these two things and that's primarily what I'm going to focus my collecting on. So, um a big thing for me is um, Superman. So, like, uh, like I've always loved superheroes, but uh, I think really, like, in junior high, uh, my love for them was kind of reignited, and I started getting really gravitated towards comic books again. And uh, 
Superman, I ended up, like, I grew up loving Superman, and I think because of that, I just kind of, like, reignited that love. Um, my wife actually is a big Superman fan, too, so, like, our living room, most of the decorations are Superman. Like, we've got Superman statues and figures on the shelves. We've got Superman framed posters on the wall and stuff like that, and I think that's kind of one of the big things I've gravitated towards. Um, my other biggest thing is, like, honestly, like, comic books and even more specifically probably independent comic books like I've always been really fascinated by not necessarily what big studios are doing with their properties but I've always been fascinated by like the guy sitting in his basement that's making up his own superhero universe like that's always captured my imagination because that's the kind of stuff I like to do too so I would say those are probably my two biggest ones is probably like Superman specifically and then um uh like independent comics, I guess. And then, um, I mean, like I love Star Wars and other comic characters and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I hit really what you're looking for with the question, but- uh, No, it's I mean, fine. Yeah. It, no, it's fine because it works because like, so my two, my two favorite things, um, my two favorite things in terms of like intellectual property yeah. are um, Star Wars and Batman. No particular order. They're my two favorite things. Yeah. Right? Um, so- for me, if it's Batman, I just want to have Batman stuff all over the place. Like, if I could, I would wear a Batman t-shirt every single day. Yeah. But, and every time I go to the store and I buy a new Batman shirt, like, let's say it's just the logo on the shirt, because that's what I prefer. I don't want a picture of Batman on my shirt. I want the Batman symbol on my shirt. Yeah. So I'll buy a new one because the one I have is starting to, you know, crap out and fade and I've had it forever and I've loved it clearly. Yeah. Time to get a new Batman shirt. I always think to myself, why did I not buy four more so I have one for every day of the week? You there know you what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I don't need everything for Batman. I'm not really buying Batman action figures, but it's like little things. Like, I bought, I have, if you go in my car, I have Batman cup holder um, bases yeah. So if you look in the cup holder, the bottom of the cup holder is a bat symbol. Nice. Like so, for my cup holders in my car, um, I need the Batman T-shirts. I always think to myself, oh, I have a hat that's got the bat symbol on it, or oh, I like I always yeah. it's just got to have the Batman logo somewhere on it. And I'm always happy. I had some friends over the years think to themselves, oh, it's his birthday. I'm gonna get him a Batman Pez dispenser. I have a box of Batman Pez dispensers <laughs> really? that I've just nice. I've hung on to. That just all it is is Batman Pez dispensers because people just bought them for me for <coughs> for so long. I um, feel like you should display those in this room, like um, you know, <laughs> just have a wall of Batman Pez dispensers. Look, there's a, for, there are things that I want to do to this to the podcast studio. Yeah, like, think like in the decorating terms of trying to figure out what's going to go in here. There are definitely yeah. things I want to change and add, and you know, make this like its own little like nerd space. I, I would love a little the, bit more uh, than it is, but like someday we'll have this show on YouTube or something, and we'll broadcast it live, and people are like, "Why are they sitting in front of a wall full of Batman <laughs> dispensers?" That's right. ridiculous. Um, with Star Wars, um, and this is gonna bring me to the next question, so I'm gonna um, I'll start I'll I'll tell this, and then I'll you can answer the question. But uh, with Star Wars, Star Wars is more of a thing where I want a piece of the universe. Right. Like, like Batman, you wear a t-shirt that has the bat symbol on it, and I always think to myself, everyday cosplay. Yeah. Okay? Like, I can't wear a Batman costume because I'm going to end up being in an HR room somewhere wearing a Batman <laughs> costume trying to explain myself. <laughs> but um, what I can do is I can wear a Batman t-shirt every day and just think to, like, hey, I'm Batman. You know yeah, what I mean? And that's what sure. it's all about. That's, honestly, that's what it's all about. So when you see the character t-shirts <laughs> out there, that's the only reason it is, is, like, you want a piece of it. You want to be that thing. Um, if you ever see me in a suit or a tux at like a wedding or some special event, I always, always, and it never fails, have a Batman t-shirt under my suit. I do it every time. And people who know that are always like, yeah, it'd be funnier if it was Superman because then you could kind of open the shirt like yeah. the show. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's a Superman thing where he opens the shirt and you see the, <coughs> and you see the S on his chest, but Batman would have the suit on underneath. Anyway. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just the same thing. So... Um, the t-shirts for the characters, to me, it's everyday cosplay, Yeah, you know, so, um, and when I buy a character shirt, even if it's not Batman, like, even if it's Spider-Man, I want, I don't want a shirt with Spider-Man's face on it, I want the shirt with the Spider-Man logo. Yeah. Because I'm wearing it. You know? I, I'm the same way, like, I love the idea of, like, casual cosplay, and, like, 
I'm leaving the house dressed like this pop culture character or comic book character, but nobody knows that sort of thing. Like, I love that idea. Um, and I'm with you. Like, I love the idea of, like, wearing, like, your favorite superhero shirt and you're, like, kind of subconsciously, like, uh, emulating that character throughout the day. But I also, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of just, like, comic book art. So there is sometimes when I see, like, a shirt and it's, like, uh, like I had one shirt that was... Uh, it had, like, uh, Joe Matarera is one of my favorite comic book artists, and it had, like, his version of Spider-Man on it. And I just found this shirt at, like, Walmart or something, but I, like, had to have it because it's like, oh, I love that artist. That's, you know, an awesome shirt, so I had to have it. So I'm a little bit, like, I can see both sides of the coin. <laughs> like, I love the right. casual cosplay stuff, but I also love the just, like, you know, find something that looks cool sort of thing. So Yeah, so anyway, the re so with Star Wars, I, we went off on a tangent. This, yeah. this whole show is tangential, <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. really matter what we ramble on about. But with Star Wars collecting, um, you know, I, as a kid, you collect a lot of the vintage stuff. I have I have a box full of old school vintage figures. Um, I have some of, there's a couple play sets uh, that I was able to get my hands on over the years. Um, but... My collecting move, you know, from T-shirts to you buy yourself a lightsaber that sits on the shelf to the um, to the card game that I talked about that I played, you collect a lot of different things. And with Star Wars, it's the the casual cosplay is different. It's not like I can wear a character T-shirt with a symbol yeah. on my chest. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't think of it in that way. But I want. Um, I want parts of the universe. Now, for example, if you've seen... So if you've been keeping up with the Star Wars movies and you saw the new Han Solo film and then it was also shown in Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, in the Millennium Falcon, Han has a pair of dice that hang in the Falcon, right? This yeah. is my most recent Star Wars collectible. So um, Han's dice, if you are an original trilogy fan you know that those dice have been in the Falcon since the original film in 1977. They're incredibly, incredibly difficult to spot, but they're there. And then they actually made them a story point in one of the movies, and then they're a very big story point later when they did the Han Solo film. Yeah, and Last Jedi, too. Uh, well, that, yeah. the, the story point in Last Jedi. Oh, and okay, then, I see. Yeah. And then the Han Solo film. My point is the fact that they've <laughs> been there since 1977. Well, now that we got a real good look at them because of the, these newer movies... They started selling the Hans dice that you can just get. So for Christmas, I got a pair of Hans dice to hang in my car. Nice. So it's like that's just the next piece of the puzzle. It's part of the in-universe <laughs> wanting a piece of the thing. Yeah. But what's interesting about Star Wars collecting is at some point you get – like I got to a point in my – so you're a kid, you're buying the toys, your parents get you the toys for birthdays, Christmases, that kind of thing, and eventually it fades away. And it usually happens when you become old enough to discover the opposite sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> or girls. Like, <coughs> things like that happen, and you're just like, oh, life happens, priorities change, and you don't think about these collecting worlds, right? Yeah. And then you start doing this other stuff, and then something draws you back in. So Star Wars is the one area that I always wish I never stopped collecting. And I say that in, not in terms of buying T-shirts or, you know, logoed stuff or whatever. I'm talking action figures, specifically. Yeah. And right now, in terms of action figures, Star Wars is the only thing I buy figures for. I've actually curved a lot of my collecting habits to certain things. Like, comic books, I will always collect comic books. Um, books, movies, that kind of thing, that's a completely different subject because I want the content. Yeah. It's physical story content. Star Wars, there's a level of passion for me where I want, I actually want the figures. Um, so I still collect those, and I wish I never stopped collecting them. So my question is, so let me get, before I answer the question is, I, I veered away from the Star Wars collecting for a little while, and I feel like everybody who is a lifelong Star Wars fan like me did have a veer away yeah. moment in their life, and something brought them back, whether it was a new movie launching or just, man, I remember that, I want to get back into it. Whatever yeah. your reasoning is, um, I found my way back to Star Wars, and I still collect. And it's funny because, you know, um, they announced the date, they announced in October they're going to be dropping all the new toys for the next Star Wars film. Well, I'm planning on going toy hunting that day. Yeah. I do it every time, so... And I don't, like, buy, like, thousands of dollars worth of toys, but I do buy three, four action figures because I was able to get my hands on them. And then what's cool about that is that the hunt begins. 
Yeah. So let's say that day, <coughs> because of crowds, I might only be able to get, um, I might be only able to get my hands on a couple of them. Well, now the hunt has began, and every time I poke my head in a Target or a Walmart or a, any other, you know, <laughs> wherever I can get them, yeah. my eyes are all. It's like, oh, gotta pass through the toy aisle and check, you know. Yeah. Um. So my question to you is: Is there anything that you veered away that you wish you never stopped? Hmm. That's a tough one. I think like, oh man, I gotta think because I think where I differ from you is I don't think I have the collecting gene as much as you do. And I think you know that's if you look like, at your living room, you no, do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the, I the Superman I've, room you talked about, which I've, I've never seen, had. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I guess I've never had like I've never felt the addiction for it. I've just kind of like always felt like slowly collect stuff that I like. But um, like, oh, that's awesome! You have to have it. Yeah, sort of okay. thing. Where I get if into something and I'm like, oh my god, I have to have it all. Yeah, you know? I'm trying to think if there's something <laughs> that I like literally just wish I never stopped collecting. Um, well, even if you never stopped or you stopped for a moment and then later got back into it, like, man, I wish I'd always stayed with this. Like right. the Star Wars thing I'm talking about. I think um, it's really broad, but I think there's a couple years where I just really wasn't into like a lot of the hobbies and uh, enthusiasms like that are usually considered nerdy. Like I kind of, uh, drew away from being into comics, being into, uh, Star Wars and stuff. And it was actually later on, um, there was just like different stuff that kind of brought me back into it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anything like one specific thing, I guess my love for collecting, I feel like it always just goes back to content, like just loving, like different storylines and stuff like that. So I feel like there are some movie series or maybe TV series that I missed out in the past that I kind of just missed because I was in the wrong place or time for that. Um, like, I remember... Uh, I've never been into Doctor Who, and I think I, like, missed the boat when that was, like... Oh. When there was, like... Yeah, uh, sure. Like, David Tennant's uh, run on Doctor Who. Like, I think I kind of missed the boat for that and never got into it. Um I'm trying to think of some other examples, but... That's interesting that where you... Your terms of collecting... Like, I always think content now when I think of collecting. So yeah. whether that be a book or a comic or something and like that. And I think... That, and I always want to... Yeah. Well, I think that's also, like, I've been really into, like... I've always gone for the content first, but there is always stuff that I want to get. Um, well, oh, it always starts with the content. Actually, I've got one. I've got a good example. So, like... One of my favorite um, collectibles that I barely have any of, but that I love, is um, the old, like, uh, Spawn action figures. Like, all the McFarlane, like, Spawn oh, sure. action figures. And just a lot of, like, the old, like, 90s McFarlane stuff. Like, I love, like, I love the art style. I love how they're sculpted, how detailed they are. I have barely any that are in my, collect in my collection, but I love those. And I think... There was an age where I had a couple Spawn figures, and I think I just kind of stopped, and that was, like, probably sixth grade or something like that, and it wasn't till later in my 20s where I was like, man, I wish I kind of bought some more of those because those are really awesome, and, like, last last uh, convention I was at, I was looking at some of uh, the bigger uh, Spawn figures and stuff, and there's some really cool ones, but they were selling for, like, 60 bucks, so I think that's a good example for you. Sorry, uh... I had such a roundabout way of actually realizing that in my head, but yeah, there's... No, yeah, no, yeah. that's totally fine. This is, again, tangential. We're yeah, all yeah. over the place. Um, so, we, uh, I feel that we could be going round in circles about what collecting means to us, but it really comes down to the fact that we just want a piece of this thing that we really like, yeah, and I, I think that goes for everybody. Um, I do like your, uh, with Star Wars especially, like, the piece of the world thing is cool because feeling like you have, like, they have got a lot of really good replica lightsabers out there where you can buy, like, I have a Black Series uh, Kylo Ren lightsaber that's really awesome because it looks and it feels like you're holding the real thing and that feels like I have a piece of that universe, but you can even go further and get, you know, go to one of these custom lightsaber companies and you know, buy like a custom designed one that's not modeled after a character from the movie, but it's something unique and you can have that and be like, well, I'm just a random Jedi or yeah, you know, I'm whoever. my own character. Exactly. And I think that's really cool. And especially with Star Wars, I think of that um, in terms of wanting a piece of the world. Um, 
One year I was uh, Edward Scissorhands for Halloween, and I bought these were like really nice Edward Scissorhands gloves, and I still have those because I just thought it was like really cool. Like it felt like that's a piece of that world that I have like right. in my hands now. So I definitely get that feel. Very or, cool. You know. Well, here's what we'll do. Um, I feel like a lot of collecting, especially yeah. the pieces we collect, come down to a each piece usually has a story. To it. Yeah, for sure. Now you don't necessarily have to tell the story, but do you have five, by the way? Yeah, I did actually. Okay. Right. Um, so let's do a top five favorite collectible items that we have. And now for the top five. Since this was kind of my idea to do collecting tonight, do you want to go first? Um, I can. I don't have an honorable mention. That's I don't total, know if you uh, want to How about this? I'll go first or, and okay. knock out the honorable mention. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so in the world of Star Wars, uh, you mentioned the lightsabers that you yeah. Um, I have a Force FX Darth Vader replica lightsaber. Nice. Um, it turns on. It makes noises. But it is a replica lightsaber, so, like, the hilt is proper. Like, it is basically the Darth Vader lightsaber hilt. Yeah. And then um, and it sits on my shelf of above my movies. It looks fantastic. It's just, you know, there's yeah. no story there, really. Um, it, was a, it was a gift. The reason behind the gift is irrelevant for the show. I just, you know. So, yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of my favorite pieces just because... Of the having a piece of the world, having a le- having a legit lightsaber in my house for yeah. as legit as we could get. Mm-hmm. So nice. Um, so actually, um, a couple minutes ago, I was talking about uh, uh, McFarlane action figures and how I really love those old Spawn ones. And yep. uh, to this day, I only have like two in my collection, and like I want to expand that. But like, I have this old one. This is not my pick, but I have this old. I have this old one that's like an insect version of Spawn that's just really crazy looking. But the other one I have is a uh, action figure that's from like the same series but it's for a uh, independent comic book called the creech so the first uh one on my list is the creech action figure oh um are you familiar with this comic at all uh very vaguely vaguely okay so you so my actually first introduction to this comic book was uh from you drew because uh you went to a comic convention uh back in the day and you brought me some uh, promo comics, like some free comics <clears throat> yep. you got at the convention, and one of them was actually the first issue of the series, The Creech. Um, this is a series that is uh, written and drawn by Greg Capullo, who used to be drawing Spawn for years. Now he's moved to DC. He had he's, a huge Batman run. He's still he doing Batman. Yeah. And it looks like they're doing the final. Him and Scott Snyder are doing what they're calling okay. the final. Batman yeah. story arc that they're doing together, which imagery alone, <laughs> holy cow, can I not wait for this? Nice. Snyder's handling the, the two of them, what they're doing with the character and what they've done with the character is yeah. phenomenal. Um, but yeah, he's like always been, ever since I discovered him, he's been one of my favorite artists. And uh, that comic book, The Creech, is like, it's like a three issue miniseries, but it's so like cool. It's about this. Uh, kind of crazy looking fa- Frankenstein monster that's on the r- loose who is the Creech but there's like this weird uh religious conspiracy as well as this weird alien invasion plot going on and it all comes together at the end and it's really interesting but they did an action figure for it and it is this is like a badass action figure it's big and it's detailed and it's really awesome and it's it's grotesque and you know cool and badass and my wife doesn't want me to display it anywhere in the house besides like my man cave area but that's okay but that's probably one of my favorite like i went to a comic convention one year and i saw it and i just had to have it because it was so sweet and uh that's definitely one of the ones on my list so awesome well all right so uh the first actual pick for me um is (coughs) i have the revenge of the sith Star Wars Revenge of the Sith theater poster, the light box oh. poster. Okay. Now, when I say the light box poster, a lot of people don't un- like when you buy a movie poster at like Walmart or something like that, it's it's the poster from the film, sure, but and it's and if you look at the back of it, it's just white. It's a poster. Theaters get these things called light box posters where the back of the poster 
is the flipped image of what's on the front. Yeah. So all the text is written backwards. Everything's backwards because the idea is is they have to put it in the box that has the light that shines through it. So it like gets your attention when you're walking down the hall in the movie theater. And those posters are very expensive. Um, I have not framed this yet. It's been a it's been a goal of mine to get it framed for a long time. Probably hang it in here. But yeah. it's the actual theater light box poster for Revenge of the Sith. Nice. So that's so there's what? no story behind me getting it. The fact that I was able to get my hands on it. <laughs> I was is... gonna ask what theater you stole it from. But... <laughs> no, this was this was a I knew someone who worked at a theater. I think I got it from them. Right. But it's you know, they I got some posters sent my direction because nice. of yeah. It it might have still been illegal. <laughs> it might have still been something they weren't weren't supposed to give out. Um I know both of us worked retail for some time, and uh, my experiences with it was there was always really cool posters and stand-up that uh, <clears throat> they weren't allowed to let people take home, and that, that was always really disappointing. Right. But I guess, you know, certain real retail stores don't want their employees taking, you know, stand-ups up, stand home and selling it on eBay or whatever. But I just wanted, you know, these really cool things to decorate my house with. <laughs> so right. um, that would move on to my next pick. Um so this one's kind of interesting. Um, I've always really liked Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't know when it was specifically, but later in life I got really into the early Ninja Turtles comic books. Um, especially, you know, um, the original black and white series of comic books because that really like kind of inspired like a really big uh, black and white indie comic sort of. Uh, revolution in the 80s and uh i started collecting a lot of the original issues and uh i was at a comic convention once and i found one of those early issues and i don't know which number it is it might be four or something but i got home and i was flipping through the issue looking at it and there was a uh, name written in the book and i was like this looks like kevin eastman like his his name like it looks like that and it's like inside the front cover and you know, I I looked up Kevin Eastman's signature, and I swear it looks exactly the same. So it's either a fake signature, or I just randomly bought a Ninja Turtles comic at a convention that has Kevin Eastman's signature in there. I mean, Googling it, it looks exactly the same, so I'm going to go with I got an autographed um, book. So. so how do I put this on our little spreadsheet? Just say... Um, uh, <coughs> Signed book. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm just going to put TMNT signed book. I was just like, how do I put this on the spreadsheet that you keep track of? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, that's cool. But oh, I also like I also like the uh, mystery of that one, too. Like, is it signed by I'm him? Not, is it not? Yeah. Right. Um, this one's a, this one, I think, is kind of a weird one because it's, it's not... There's no big story behind it other than me going, holy cow, this is finally a thing and I have to have it. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's the Batman 66 Blu-ray box set. Okay, yeah. Um, that was... So, being a Batman fan, you buy the movie, you see the movies, you buy the movies, you buy a t-shirt, you buy a poster, whatever the case may be. And as I'm building this massive collection of Batman stuff, Batman 66 was my first iteration into Batman. That was my first introduction to Batman. And anyone who falls under my generation, um, that was your first introduction to Batman. And because of legality reasons, it was tied up in legal copyright contract jargon nonsense for way longer than it should have been. And they finally announced that they were going to release it on Blu-ray, but it was going to be released as this big collector full set thing. And it was going to be very, very limited. Like once it's gone, it's gone. We're not making a lot of these. Here you go. Yeah. And when I heard this news, all I could think was, this is a collection completion thing. I have to have this. <laughs> nice. Um, and I made sure I got it. Um, it's actually numbered. So like in terms, of, I don't know which number, which I guess printing or whatever I have of it, but because it was a very limited thing, they're all numbered. And it's this huge box set that opens up. It comes with a little Hot Wheel of the Batmobile from 1966. It comes with all the seasons, um, which baffles me as to how many episodes they created. Because the show, how about this? <coughs> a television show nowadays runs for, let's say, 20 episodes a season. Yeah. Okay? So when you get to five seasons, you've had 100 episodes. Right? Yeah. That's today's standards. This is 1966. 
They did three seasons, 160 episodes. <laughs> Jeez. Right. That's wow. Like, yeah. right? So um, the, the series is really lengthy. The Blu-ray cleanup is gorgeous. Um, I haven't watched all of it because there's a lot and, you know, life happens. But this was a collection completion, and it just means a lot to me to have it finally because... You know, that's something you need in your collection. You know, you're, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember when that came out, it was like kind of a really historic thing because, like, it was. It never was released because of uh, rights to the actual show were caught up with different TV networks. And I don't know all the details, but I remember it being a big thing. And that's like definitely like a really cool, like, I have this and, you know, nobody else necessarily does. Right. So, yeah. People come and, like, it's on my shelf with my other movies and Blu-rays and stuff like that. And people have seen it and, like, what's that Batman thing up there? And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's the 66 box set, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a big deal when it came out. So, anyway. Right on. Um, so, my I, last ones are all a little more personal. So okay, go. nice. Uh, my last one is a uh, another comic book, actually. Um so when I was, I want to say a junior in high, sophomore, junior in high school, somewhere around there, uh, DC Comics was releasing a new comic book series, or it was kind of a uh, revisited comic book series, if you will, but it was a uh, Batman and Superman series together. And uh, it had no title on the page. It was just a picture of a bat symbol with a Superman symbol over it. And... Uh, it was written by Jeff Loeb, who I really like as a writer, and it was drawn by uh, one of my favorite comic book artists, Ed McGinnis, uh, was penciling the comic book. So you had, it was literally my favorite artist at the time, uh, my two favorite superheroes together in the same book, and uh, it came out the same summer. You and I waited in line together for these autographs, yeah, yeah, too. Which book did you get signed? I got, so there was two... The it was first the, issue it was the had dual issue. Yeah, first issue. There's two covers. Um, one of them had like Batman in the foreground and Superman in the background, and then the other one was the opposite: Superman in the foreground, Batman in the background. So I got um, a signature by Ed McGinnis, the penciler, and uh, Dexter Vines, who was the inker for that comic, and I got both their signatures on the front of the book. That was. I want to say it was the first comic convention I ever went to. It might have been the second, but I want to say it was the first. And uh, that was just a really cool, like, event for me is actually getting, like, this book by, you know, one of this, these artists who I looked up so to so much at the time. And, like, I love being into comics because you, like, you have this passion for these creators that you know most of the normal people in the world have no idea who they are but like to me that was like such a cool thing to actually achieve that so yeah yeah nice all right very cool yeah because i remember that day i remember that day and i didn't and it was really funny because i didn't recognize uh dexter vines and when ed mcginnis so ed mcginnis signs the book and then you pass it dexter vines I'm like wait who is that guy don't like you know, i'm like oh wait yeah. that's the inker i should have thought that um so yeah all right uh, well, my next pick is I have um, – I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Yeah. Obviously, I've collected the Blu-rays, so I have them. So if for some reason the apocalypse happens and we have no more streaming content, I have yeah. a massive collection. But I can still watch be- my <laughs> Game of Thrones on Blu-ray. There you go. Um, I realized that when the apocalypse does happen and we don't have any more streaming services, I have the entertainment <laughs> house because of my movie collection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So with that being said, I have, in terms of owning a piece of the world, I got as a gift for Christmas uh, two years ago, I got Jon Snow's sword. Oh, nice. You've seen it. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. talking about. So it sits there. Um, it's, it, hangs on my, it hangs on my wall next to my giant wall of books, and it's amazing. It, but it's like the sword. And when I say the sword, I'm not talking like it was made from like a third-party company. This comes from HBO with a seal of authenticity, it's numbered, it's, yeah. you know, it's like a legit thing. It's almost like they said, it's, I don't know for sure, but it's almost like we had to make X amount of these for the show, we're selling them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it comes from one of those companies that makes props mm-hmm. from said show, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having a, and it's so cool. Like, it's amazing. And I'm not going to lie, there's days that I take it off the wall and <laughs> swing it around and play with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. It reminds me of uh, in How I Met Your Mother when uh, I can't remember the characters' names anymore. But when they the whole uh, series, there's like 
two swords that are hanging above like the fireplace or whatever in the one apartment and then when the characters get the idea to actually take the swords down and fight with them and just like they're playing they're fighting with them like this is awesome we should do this every day and stuff (laughs) and i think is it uh the one girl gets stabbed or something like that from them fighting but yeah it's really fun stuff nonetheless so yeah um that would move into my second to last pick which is uh okay so here's one Here's another uh, regret that I think every collector has had when they buy something and it's something cool, like maybe it's a toy or something, and they take it home and they open it up and they're like, this is awesome. But then years later, they found out that that toy or whatever it is they opened up is now worth like a crap ton of money. Yeah. And they're like, man, if only I kept it sealed, like I'd have that money. So this happened to me with a, uh, I have a Justice League Monopoly game. That oh, I bought. Sure. I bought it once in high school with uh, some Christmas money I had, and it was just awesome. I was like, "Oh, Justice League Monopoly! I have to get this." And it has this cool, like, old school, like Silver Age, I want to say, like artwork on it and stuff. And I opened it up and I played it a couple times, and it was really fun. But uh, a couple years back, I actually saw the same game at a comic book shop, and they were selling it for like a hundred and fifty bucks or something. So it wasn't like. I lost out on thousands of dollars, but if I had that thing still sealed, I could have maybe gotten a couple hundred bucks right. out of it. Well, sort and of this thing. brings us to that weird world of collecting where, like, it's really hard for collectors to get rid of anything yeah. that they've acquired. Mm-hmm. So even though you know it's worth a ton of money, you're just like, man, I just can't come <laughs> to sell it. Yeah. Um, I have. So Batman Hush is a story arc. This is not my next pick, but Batman Hush, there's a. Uh, um, there's a it's one of my all-time favorite story arcs. I have the entire story arc issue by issue and I have a couple and I have the graphic novels. Yeah. I have the graphic novels are signed by Jim Lee and I have multiple issues in the set signed not only by Jim Lee but by Jeff Loeb, mm-hmm. writer and artist. Yeah. The set by itself just the issues is like $100. Yeah. Okay. My set is all like pristine condition but I have multiple autographs. So there's the argument of did the signatures enhance the value or degrade the value because technically you wrote on a, you had someone write on the book. But with the signatures, I know that it's up to the price. I don't know how much it's worth, but still makes me go, you know what I mean? Like, what do I do with it? <laughs> yeah. <So>, yeah. <laughs> with that being said. I'd say save them, though, because they're really cool and yeah. special to you still. Um, how do you want me to word that in your what, what your? I'll just say was? Justice League Monopoly yeah. game. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Um, so my next pick is, uh, let me finish typing this. Why, if I spelled that correctly, it doesn't matter. It's my spreadsheet. No one sees it. Um, so my next pick is, <coughs> this comes down to my Star Wars action figure collecting. Okay. In the original versions, in the original action figures that came out from Star Wars, Kenner was the company that made the Star Wars action figures. Okay? Yeah. Later, Kenner would lose the license and they would no longer create Star Wars. Hasbro now has the license to create Star Wars. Hasbro realized there was a demand for what people call the vintage figures or vintage cards. Now, the cards on an action figure are the cardboard backing that the action figure is on when you buy it at a store. Mm. Okay? The Kenner backing, like that cardboard backing, that had a very specific look to it. And it's there's a, there's a nostalgic piece where you're like that scream Star Wars. Everyone knows that as Star Wars. Even to this day, everyone knows that as Star Wars packaging. So Hasbro realized there was a demand, and they did thing a thing called the Vintage Line. So they released a whole bunch of figures under the Vintage banner. Yeah. And they released characters that never got Vintage cards because they were released later on from like newer movies and so on that never got a chance to do those. So there were characters that got that look taken to yeah. them and whatnot. So, Clone Wars, the television series, comes out, and there's a character named Ahsoka. Yeah. If you've seen Clone Wars, you know of this character. <laughs> she very quickly became my favorite character from the series. They released a vintage carded Ahsoka figure. This is something I had to have for my collection. I was able to get my hands on it. This is something I did not know of. In the, in the terms of the hunt for the figure... They only made like 10,000 of that figure. It's a very, very small yeah. number. 
So getting your hands on a vintage card at Ahsoka was like almost near impossible when you realize how many Star Wars collectors there are out there. Yeah. I was able to get my hands on one. Then uh, the actress who voices the character Ahsoka, Ashley Eckstein, was going to be at Comic-Con in Chicago. I made it a point to go see Ashley at Comic-Con with the figure. Um, and I remember very... So this was a very interesting moment for me because when I walked up to her... She thought she knew who I was, which was awesome. Yeah. Like, we had never met before, but she thought I looked familiar. And I'm like, oh, you think you know me? That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and her and I talked, and she was very, very gracious with her time. And Ashley, I know you're listening. <laughs> um, but she was very gracious with her time, and she talked about the show with me a little bit and talked about some behind-the-scenes stuff. I had a couple questions for her. She was great. Um, I <coughs> – she was selling headshots of her that she was autographing. Um she signed the I bought one of her headshots and had her sign it and she asked she wanted she asked if I wanted to personalize and this is this is my favorite part of this this is one yeah. of there's two parts of the story that I love the first part of the story is um, when she signed the headshot she said what do you want me to write and I said could you write your favorite line of dialogue you got to say if nice. you if you have one can you write yeah. your favorite line of dialogue and she started writing and this made me laugh she started writing crossed it out and grabbed a whole new headshot. Nice, yeah. And I was like, what? You just ruined it? And she's like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And she started writing. And all it says is, it says, to Drew. And then it says, I know, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> nice. Ashley. Okay, yeah. Now, here's what's really cool about that. One, yes, Ahsoka said, I know. Mm -hmm. Two, that is a very iconic line for Star Wars. Yeah. So my Ashley Eckstein headshot says... I know, Ashley. And it's just, it's so cool to have that. Yeah. Um, but then I asked her to sign the figure. Mm -hmm. And when I showed her the figure, when I pulled it out of my bag and kind of handed it to her, she, the look on her face said it all before she could even say, how did you get your hands on one of these? Mm -hmm. Because she even said, I don't have one. And for the briefest moment, I almost wanted to give it to her. Like, there was a brief yeah. moment of, do you want it? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, But she was really gracious, and she signed it for me. So I have the signed – so I have a vintage card of the Soka signed by the actress herself. And then I have this great headshot with the words I know written on them because the iconic, the iconic idea, the fact that that line from Star Wars is how iconic it is, plus – Ashley getting to say it in the show and then writing it on the yeah. for me. That's just, it's fantastic. So Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a great story, too. Um, that actually reminds me of, uh, this isn't my next pick, but one of the few signed uh, action figures I have is, uh, or actually I should say in action figure, um, all the uh, View Askew Universe action figures when they came yeah, out, yeah. they're called in action figures because they weren't posable <laughs> like they didn't have moving parts right. at all so it's just like this character striking a pose but uh one year at comic-con when uh jason muse was there uh i got him to sign a uh, chronic action figure and that's a pretty awesome thing that i got hanging on my oh, wall that's, that's cool yeah um going that's into that your next pick no that's no, not okay. my next pick uh going into my actual final pick is um so this is actually pretty personally personal to me i don't think it really I don't know if it has much value, but it is a Star Wars thing. Um, when I was in sixth grade and uh, episode one was coming out, I was so excited for uh, Darth Maul. Um, like, I, he just looked so badass. Like, I was so pumped for Darth Maul. And uh, they had Darth Maul lightsabers at the store. And you were not the and only I, person like, who, like, was all about yeah. Darth Maul. So. And, like, uh, I just had to have that Darth Maul lightsaber, so... Eventually, like at the time, you know, I just got a small allowance from my parents, but I saved that money up so I could eventually buy it. And then uh, a couple years later, me and all my brothers, uh, Drew, you'll remember this, we made up awesome like LARPing and lightsaber games in our backyard where yeah. we had all these crazy, really cool And we basically went out in the backyard and yeah. beat the hell out of each other with uh -huh. lightsabers. And I used to always fight with the Darth Maul lightsaber. Now, fighting with a double-bladed lightsaber is very hard, but... Like, I don't think I have the skill level to do it, but I still loved playing with it. And uh, my beloved Darth Maul lightsaber actually broke in half once when we were playing. But that's okay, because 
Somehow I found them still being sold at the store. I don't know yeah. how I got Later my hands. Later in life, you get yeah. your hands on it again. I got so. my hands on another one. And uh, the old one, I actually duct taped up because it was, uh, you know, it's a silver lightsaber. So I wrapped up duct tape. And that was my uh, that was my fighting lightsaber of Darth Maul's. And then I had one for display that I had. And I actually think I have three in my possession now. And I want to say your son is borrowing one of them yeah, at the moment. You have three um, of them? That's I think funny. so, yeah. yeah so no, I've got have... the broken one, another one, and then the one that your son's borrowing right now. But uh, just the Darth Maul, like that original light lightsaber toy i just love and uh i love the look of darth maul's lightsaber and uh i still think like i go back and forth on it but i still think he's my favorite star wars character um i know in phantom menace he doesn't do a lot but when you look into like the full arc of the character going through uh the clone wars cartoon and rebels like He's a really cool, like, really interesting character, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then what they've, not only what they've done with him in Clone Wars, yeah. but, um, um, you know moving what? Moving into the movie universe? Or? Moving into the movie universe and what they, uh, I just don't want to say it because it's a spoiler if you haven't seen yeah. the movie, so, um, what they've done with Darth Maul since episode one is phenomenal, and it's right. great. Yeah. So, um... All right, well, my very last pick for the night, and we'll call it quits, because as a filler episode, this is perfect length, and we'll go from there. <laughs> right. Um, so this is this is a personal one. This goes way back into my childhood, and this is something I've kept with me for a very, very long time, and they've moved with me from place to place, and I just, I don't, they're in, right now, they're in a box, and I don't have, and I don't know where to put them right now, but they've always been, like, on a computer desk or whatever. I want to, I actually want to bring them in here so they're, like, a thing. When I was younger, like I said, Star Wars and Batman are my two favorite things, and I've been a lifelong fan of both. Yeah. I have no, they both sit like, there's no such thing as first and second place when it comes to Star Wars and Batman, and they sit on the pedestal together, neck and neck, and I got, for my birthday one year, I wanted a Batman cake. Okay? I don't know how old I was at the time, Yeah. Um, but on top of my cake... Um, Peter, I'll actually show these to you before you leave tonight. Um, but on top of my cake, I got a little Batman, a Robin, and a Joker figure. Just on top of my cake. They do not move. They, they're just little rubber figures that go on top of your yeah. cake. They are very well played with. Well, the Batman and Robin are very well played with. The Joker, not so much. But they have stayed with me forever. And they get moved around. They're always on something. Like, I've kept them... They are, it's just one of those nostalgic things where like you, you look up on the shelf and you have to have them there and they're just, you know, so, um, there's not, this doesn't like go into any like weird emotional thing. I don't get teary eyed thinking about them, but it's just something that always has to be there. It's a constant in my life. It's a constant physical thing that's just there. And I've, I've loved them. They're, they're kind of, it's interesting because it's clearly meant to be like 1966 look, but it's clear that they're more comic book centric. If you oh just yeah, look at okay. the style of them, mm-hmm. um, because at the time Adam <coughs> Adam West Batman, the nineteen sixty six, that was the Batman that we all like, kind of looked at, and then this is um, just how they came out. That's just how everyone, the world saw those characters, and, right? Um, so it's just they're awesome, nice. Um, so that's you know that's what I have for my final pick. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. I had a couple questions about collecting i didn't know if i could go through really quick sure um so (laughs) so okay really quick uh one thing is one of my favorite things on my collection is a um that's like super personal is like for uh before i got married uh one of our gifts at our uh at my wife's bridal shower was this uh cool tapestry thing that uh we got from a uh friend that has uh So it has, like, the initial of my last name, but it's, like, sewn into this, like, quilted tapestry um, inside of a Superman symbol. So we actually have that hanging up, and it looks really awesome. Do you have any, like, homemade items in your collection that you are, like, really... Homemade items in my collection. Um... You know what? I might have to save that for another okay. because off the top of my head, absolutely not. But I can put a pin in that and maybe try and remember for right next on. time we sit down, um, because that I that's a really good question. I would have to go look around the house yeah. and see if I have something that's like, oh, that was homemade that you know, <laughs> became a thing. So, um, oh, my other thing is like so. I was at a panel once at a comic convention, and uh, the panel was hosted by. Uh, 
Mike Allred, who's a uh, comic book artist who's most well known for drawing the uh, Madman comic book series, but he's also did the the comic book artwork for Bluntman and Chronic and Chasing Amy was Mm -hmm. Mike Allred. He's also done like Fantastic Four runs and then... uh, Ecstatics is like his other like really big one that he did, and then uh, the other guy hosting the panel was uh, oh what was it? Oh, I can't remember this guy's name all of a sudden, but he did uh, the uh, independent comic series Grendel. He like wrote and drew, and he's written a lot of comic book series. He's had a Batman run. Uh, Matt Wagner, that's who it is. So, yeah, okay, okay. So these two guys, they're like indie comics like legends hosting this panel. And uh, somebody asked them something about collecting comics, and they had, like, the funniest answer because they both said that they do not keep their comic book books precious at all. They're like, oh, single issues? Like, I don't even sword and board them. Or not sword and board, but bag and board them. And, like, they both had this attitude that, like, yeah, I grew up, like, you know, folding up or rolling up a comic book (laughs) and sticking it in my back pocket, and they still had that attitude. And I thought, like... My whole life, I've never been a big, like, bag and board guy, and I always felt guilty about it, but ever since that panel, I'm like, yeah, I mean, comics are meant to be loved, and they're meant to be read. I'm not going to be all precious with them, so I kind of did want to ask you, like, how do you feel about that issue? Do you bag and board everything? I I feel both. Um, Yeah. I bag and boarded everything that I had for quite some time. Yeah. Um, There are, what's interesting about it is there's... So because of the graphic novels are basically the collected versions of the single issues. Yeah. Um, I collect... I now don't collect issues anymore. I yeah. collect the graphic novels. I wait till the run is over, and then I buy the book, and then I read all the issues together in one collected little format. So I try to keep the graphic novels as pristine as I can because... I don't know why, but the binding on those things is not the greatest. <laughs> yeah. So if you over-open them, like, you can totally wreck the binding. Um so I try and keep those as precious as I can. But the issues that I've bagged and boarded, I'm glad I have. But I also understand just buying the books and enjoying them for what they are. Um, so if you look at my comic book collection, there are some that are very well loved and have been folded and thrown in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I've carried around. I've clearly, like, dragging them back and forth to school when I was yeah. a kid in folders. And, you know, however you can, you know, smuggle them into class so you're reading those <laughs> instead of what you're supposed to be reading. But the point is, is that... Um, I truly, I truly believe all this, it's all loved regardless, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Um, in terms of like my Star Wars figures, I do not, as a kid, I've opened them and I have a lot of figures that are loose and have been opened as an adult. I do not open them for a couple of reasons. One, I don't have time to play with them and I (laughs) wouldn't anyway, but they look really cool just being all collectively on the shelf and in box. You know what yeah. I mean? So With figures, I always do. It depends on which way looks better. Like, well, if it looks really good out of the box, I have, I I have, I'll uh, just do it. I did get the Black Series Stormtrooper on the speeder bike figure. So you get the bike with the figure. It is way too cool to be out of, in, in the package. <laughs> yeah. I did open that one. It sits very well displayed on a shelf. It looks it looks awesome. Nice. By all means, look, in terms of collecting, it is your collection. Don't let anyone tell you how to do it differently. Do it however you want. I have stopped bag and boarding comics. So the issues I have gone and gotten, yeah. single issues like uh, Action Comics 1000, that's a big deal that we reached 1,000 for Action Comics oh, in yeah. 80 years. I had to get it. It's not bagged and bored, but I did get it. Yeah. Detective Comics uh, 1000 is on the moments of coming out. By the time this episode drops, it's probably already out. Yeah. I am planning on getting that. Yeah. I can't wait. So, um, yeah. It's just it just depends, but yeah. yeah I just absolutely. I just I always thought that was an interesting perspective, so I wanted to get your take on yeah, it. Yeah. No, I'm kind of. I don't really. <coughs> I don't really get single issues anymore unless it's something super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because I want to read it. I don't want it to be missed. I don't want to miss the opportunity to read something like hyper, hyper important. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's all about the content anyway. It's just yeah. you want the stories. Comic books are today's mythology. It truly is. You know, back in the day, Greeks and Romans, we talked about Zeus and Hercules and Hades and the gods and the uh, the demons and stuff. And that's what it was. It was that was mythology. Those are the stories that carried them. And comic books today are modern-day mythology. So at the end of the day, no matter who's telling the story, we just want the next part of the story. Right. You know, so. Right on.
Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else to add before we close this one up? <laughs> I had a really jokey thing, but I don't uh, know. Go ahead. You're laughing about it now. Our listeners so, want to know. Okay, so the one last thing I wanted to say is every once in a while you see, like, this awesome collectible, and it's like a toy or, like, this happens a lot right after San Diego Comic-Con because there's, like, the Oh, my toys God, there's so much nonsense like, and it was the exclusives. Yeah, so that they, they, they like, have Ugh. so many exclusives, but then they've got, like, you've got, like, the Hot Toys booth that has, like, all these amazing, amazing like sculptures statues. and statues and stuff, and you just want to buy them, but they're like a couple hundred dollars a piece. Like uh-huh. I think they had a life-size Infinity Gauntlet that's like I'm not gonna lie, I've wanted. Bucks. I would have loved to start a collection of those. Yeah, um, um, I don't know which piece to even start with, <laughs> but but uh, one thing I do is I've got a folder on my phone that has like pictures of collectibles like that that I just can't afford, but I just have them there to just kind of reminisce and <laughs> fantasize about and that's kind of like don't be afraid to collect things from a distance like you don't have to buy everything but if you can still appreciate no, the art yeah, you know, funny. You... let me ask you this is there a collectible is there something you know that's either coming out or out that you really want as like one item and then we'll close it and call it a night one item really coming yeah. out there is one thing that I really really want and I'm like it's a con exclusive and I have a feeling I'm never going to get my hands on it if I do it's going to be super expensive Oh, and it's man. dumb that it's super expensive. I can do it. Should cost me ten dollars. I mean, my one of my things like really just goes into more content stuff. But uh, one of my favorite artists, I actually mentioned him like a recent episode. Uh, Rob Duanius is doing this like he's working on a comic slash novel right now. Like it has both like comics and like prose mixed into one thing. But uh, when that finally gets released, I look forward to that a lot. So it just goes along with my indie comic traje- uh, produce- nice. collecting trends. So, Why, what do you have? What did so, you have in mind? A lot of people know about the pop vinyl figures. Yeah. Okay. I I have a small handful. I don't <laughs> need a lot. I'm not going to go overboard. Like, I want a Batman. Like, yeah. for example, I have a couple Star Wars ones. I have a couple ones from the game Kingdom Hearts because I really like those characters. I don't have a lot. But one that I've really wanted is a Supergirl pop vinyl figure specifically based on Melissa Benoist's version from right. the show. Yeah. There is a Supergirl Melissa Benoist pop vinyl figure that just came out. It's a con exclusive. <laughs> Those pop vinyl figures are $10, $12. You can't get it for less than like 50 at this point. And it really bums me out that I'm probably never going to get my hands on that figure. So, um, and I'm not going to spend $50 for it because I know that those pop vinyl figures are like ten to twelve dollars. <laughs> For <laughs> so sure, yeah. I refuse to spend. Is that the only one based on yeah. Melissa Benoist? Yeah, and it's and it's weird because those pop vinyl figures, I think they're cool. So the ones that I want, I'm willing to get, but I'm not willing to spend more than the standard retail price. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like <coughs> they made so they have a bunch of Game of Thrones figures. Okay. Yeah. I did not the Sansa Stark one. I really like. I love the look of it. I didn't buy it when I saw it. Now you can't get it for less than like a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, they made an Iron Throne for the pop vinyl figures, so technically you could get the throne and then put whoever you want on the yeah. throne. I really want to get the throne for the figures so I can put Batman on the throne, right? So I can put my vinyl figure by Batman on the throne. I thought that'd be funny. Guess what? The throne itself is a hundred dollars. I'm not gonna spend a hundred dollars. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So in terms of collecting things from a distance, I guess so. But it really just bums me out that I'm probably not gonna get that Supergirl vinyl figure. So right, whatever. <laughs> I hear you. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, let's call it a night. We've talked enough this evening. Uh, so uh, please check us out at topfivereport.com. There you'll find the. Links to all our social media, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, because if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single word we say or another episode. Leave us a review, five-star or otherwise, but if you do leave us a review, it makes us feel like the words we say are important, and that's really what matters to us. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter. I'm at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And uh, I forgot to say, one of my other favorite things to collect is uh, top five report episodes on my phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. You always collect those. Um, anyway, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Good night.